he is not a captain of a boat. He is a captain. He flies. I don't, I'm going to say jets. It's not an airplane, right? What's the difference yeah. between an airplane yeah. and a jet? Explain. Well, it's the same thing. You know, just airplanes have different modes of uh, propulsion. So either we have propellers or uh, jets, jet engines, turbine engines. So, Gotcha. That's yeah. cool. Um, so, you know, the first time I was ever on a plane or, well, the first time I was on a plane, it was like a four-seater airplane at a Sky mm-hmm. King airport in Terre Haute. I don't know if you've ever flown into Sky King. Have you flown into Sky King? I have, yeah. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> what is like the biggest plane you've flown into Sky King? Oh, geez. Um, uh, I've flown a, a twin, a multi-engine airplane, a small general aviation airplane into Sky King, which was one of their trainers there. Yeah. And that was pretty sketchy uh, because I was learning to fly it. It was my first lesson there in that plane. And we landed on their shortest runway, which is like, I think, 1,900 feet long. Is, is that their north to south uh, runway? It is, yeah. The one that like has 80-foot trees at one end and then an open cornfield on the other Yeah, with power lines. <laughs> so can you explain what the approach to the landing is at Sky King Airport with the, the power lines right there? Because I had a, f- a friend, he's quite a bit older, and uh, he was telling me he would train at Sky King Airport. And then one time he went mm-hmm. out to uh, Terre Haute Regional, and he did the same type of, of approach and landing um, at Terre Haute Regional. And he was, <laughs> like, he, he scared the crap out of the instructor because, like, the way he came down, he's like, why did you, like, swoop down? Like, I'm not going to get super technical with the terms. But he was like, yeah. why Why did you, uh, like, come down uh, with that approach? And he explained that he uh, he did that at uh, Sky King. Yeah, so, so typically we want to maintain a constant descent angle all the way into landing. Uh, that's pretty typical, but whenever you're landing in an airfield that has obstacles at either end, sometimes you may have to stay a little higher than normal to avoid those obstacles, and then once you cross those, then that's when the action starts to happen. You know, you've got to reduce your power, lower your angle of attack, descend a little quicker, and at Sky King in particular, landing on a on a 1,900-foot runway, you don't have much room to stop. So <laughs> you've got to touch down on yeah. the numbers and start getting on the brakes. Otherwise, you're in the cornfield. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Now, when you're at regional, uh, it's a little different because you have a 9,000-foot runway. There's not a lot of trees. and yeah, so it's pretty open. It is, yeah. So for someone to swoop in and do that, it could be unusual and, and uh, catch you off guard if you're not ready for it. So, Gotcha. Yeah, that uh, – so, like, have you seen the house – around Sky King Airport where the plane just, like, crashed into the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did see that. How that did, was uh, that was interesting. Did, do you know anything, like, more specific about that? Like, I know, I think it was two older men. I, I, I don't know if both – I think maybe one guy survived. If not, I think they both end up passing away, like, with all the injuries that they had. And I don't know. It was yeah. just like a freak thing. It was right behind 
Fox's Market is, right there. It's right behind Fox's, which they have some of the best sandwiches, I might add. <laughs> um, but, uh, sure. yeah, so that accident, it it is a tragedy anytime there's an accident in the aviation community, whether it's yeah. general aviation or a major airline. Um, but I was uh, flight instructing that day, and some of my friends were out at Sky King flight instructing as well, and I heard about it. So I called them just to make sure it wasn't them. Of course, it, it wasn't. But um, I don't know the details, like the names, whether or not they passed away or whatever. But yeah, that um, that accident where during the landing phase is, is a most common fatality um, incident. So basically, when you're turning from uh, base to final, which is part of the landing uh, segments, final segment is just your straight in. Um, so base to final, a lot of times what happens is you overshoot the runway. And so pilots overcorrect. They turn the, the yoke a little too much. And because they do that, they don't like the way the nose pitches down. And so they add opposite rudder pedal and it gets the airplane into what's called, uh, uh, hold on. <laughs> it, it gets the airplane uncoordinated. Sure. And when that happens, uh, you're disrupting the airflow over the wings. And then people stall, which the engine doesn't die. It's just the airflow over the wings, of course. But um, when you're landing, you're low. So it's hard to recover from that. And a lot of people pass away during that instance. So Jeez. we train for that. That's so crazy. So I've been on a, a, flu, a few of those flights out there. Um, just like 30 minute sightseeing flights out there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, every time I've gone out, I mean, I've really had no problems. I've had some cool instructors where they do some like anti-gravity stuff. Uh, like I'll, I'll like purposely yeah. tell them, I'm like, yeah, when I first did this, um, the guy was telling me, he's like, hold like a coin in your hand and then just watch it. And then oh, he'd I like, yeah, he would go dive and like, I was like, ah, <laughs> and <laughs> oh my gosh, it, it's the best. It, like, it, I don't know. It makes the, like your stomach come all the way up in your throat and you're like, yes. <gasps> and then whenever it, it catches, you're just like, ah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like that roller coaster. It's that top, that, that apex of the roller coaster right before you, cause you can see it coming, you yeah. know, and you're just like, you lift it up out of your seat and, uh, you get two options there. You know, you either get that freeing, like, oh, I love this weightlessness, or yeah. you're just pure terror. <laughs> yeah. Have, so have you ever gone skydiving as a pilot? I, like, I, I don't, I think I asked Brittany this, and she was like, you know, I don't think I would ever jump out of a perfectly good plane. And I was just like. That's exactly right. I've never, I've never done it. And there's two reasons. Yeah. One, I'm never going to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Yeah, sure. Uh, if my passengers jump, that's fine. But I'm not. Secondly, I'm scared yeah. of heights. So <laughs> even though you're a pilot, I'm not going to jump. <laughs> exactly. And actually, it's a common, uh, common fear amongst pilots. A lot of them are uh, afraid of heights or maybe afraid of falling. But yeah, uh, it's pretty common. Interesting. Yeah. So I've, I've actually done it myself. And uh, you have jumped out of an airplane. I have jumped out of an airplane. It was, uh, I mean, it was a good time. It was a weird time for sure. 
Like it feels yeah. like, you know, when you put your arm outside of the a window of a car and you're going like 70 miles an hour, it basically feels like that. <laughs> but like but everywhere. Yeah, but everywhere and it's like super loud and like the no matter what instructions that we had uh, when we were doing it, like yeah, like when it's time to pull the chute, I'm gonna like tap you, and then on the third whatever, you're gonna open it up, and I'm like, okay, and then I think like when we got down to the ground, the guy was like, yeah, um, everything was pretty good because like we had a log book that we like logged all the jump information in, and he yeah. was and he was like everything was pretty good, but. You know, your legs are kind of just like flapping around. And <laughs> it seemed like he was kind of like inkling that like I like almost kicked him in the nuts somehow, but didn't at the same time. And so I feel like that could be a pretty common, uh, common injury <laughs> for new jumpers, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I imagine so. Like he, um, yeah, it was funny because he was such a small dude. Because, like, I weighed over, like, the 250 weight limit or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, because I weighed that much, he had to have been smaller than me. And I don't, so I don't Mm -hmm. know this, but, like, I was sitting around in, like, my jumpsuit kind of waiting and just seeing, like, you know, waiting for my turn to go out and do all this other stuff. And I feel like he had been drinking alcohol before the jump. Maybe. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like at the same time, like because like some, so, like one of his friends came by, and was like, he said something like, "Where it's like, hey, you've been like drinking, like I, I don't, I don't know the, the way he said it, but he put it in such a way. I was like, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Thank you for oh, that. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that doesn't seem. Legal and or safe. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound <laughs> legal or safe at all. But you know, I still did it, and I, you know, survived to tell the tale. And I mean, and it's a good story now. Yeah, yeah, I with the <laughs> yeah, it makes for a good story. Uh, but so, like, I actually booked for my second like jump to go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I end up never like going to do my second jump again. So I still have like a second jump that I can go do in Dallas. So actually if you uh I can transfer it and I can transfer it to you. So if you want to do it then just let me know and if we'll I ever get the courage and, and go I go down to Dallas. I'm in Dallas. I'll let you know. Yeah, that's that's funny. Uh <laughs> so what are like I guess other than the smaller aircrafts that you're training in cuz you mm-hmm. you trained at ISU, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. You you went to school at ISU, right, to be a... a I did, pilot. yeah. Yeah, I was there for four years, yeah. So w- w- I, this is a question I've always had for, like, aviation majors there. What does, like, a aviation degree do for you that, like, you couldn't really do just getting, like, a... Like, getting a pilot's license? Mm-hmm. Well, the short answer is absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, I, I could... You could go to your local airport, learn to fly there, build up all the needed time, and go fly for an airline. And you would know the exact same information that I know. And so getting an aviation degree isn't always the best option. In fact, a lot of people will say, 
don't go for aviation, go for business or criminology or some other degree yeah. and then fly on the side. That way you have a backup when, you know, stuff like what's happening right now is happening. <laughs> like pandemic. Exactly. So you have some sort of backup in case your your airline furloughs or in case you your corporate job shuts down, you know, whatever sure. it is. Sure. Interesting. So have have you had uh like problems with furlough here lately? Because um, I think I think Brittany she's only flying like twenty five percent of what she's supposed to. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that our, our our company is uh, we have not furloughed, and our union and our company came together with an agreement saying that we weren't going to furlough up until uh, March thirty first of twenty twenty one. So it saves jobs. People still fly. Uh, they still keep their benefits and um, all their medical stuff as well, <clears throat> which is ideal. But for some people, it just it doesn't. They would rather not fly and work somewhere else, I guess. So interesting. We haven't come across that because we've come to that agreement. But most airlines are in talks of some sort. They're constantly communicating trying to find ways to mitigate the furlough so gotcha so right before the podcast i uh i pulled up this like surprising facts or like fun facts for like aviation and pilots and i want you to tell me if these are real and like just like what the truth is or like what you feel about them (laughs) okay all right so the very first thing was pilots eat different meals than everyone else is that true um, it, it is a thing that we are not supposed to eat the same meals as the rest of the crew members. So if okay. me, me and my first officer, if there's, if there yeah. happens to be, let's say we're going to the airport to grab food at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. If I get a, a sandwich and he gets the same thing and I get food poisoning, we both have food poisoning. The odds are. Oh, and so what they do is they like they have that rule so that we don't become in- incapacitated at the same time while flying uh, hundreds of people. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. But truthfully, does that usually happen? Mm, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. We we eat the same food. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so. Uh, I don't know if this one's really surprising, but um, a Boeing 747 is made up of 6 million parts. And I, aren't they retiring the 747? Is that right? Yeah. The only the only airlines that are flying 747s right now are um, mostly cargo uh, airlines. So UPS, oh. Atlas, and a few others. But... Um, yeah, so six. You said six million. Uh, yeah, six million parts. I mean, I believe it easily. To be I honest, I feel like that. That's low. Really? I I feel like it's low because those planes are just massive. Now, if we're talking parts, like we include rivets and screws, and you know, are they including yeah. all that? Because, hey, man. I'm on beattraining.com or no, <laughs> no, B-A-A training.com, whatever that is. Uh, yeah. 
So six million. That I mean, I guess that sounds that sounds right. Do you I think there's so. more? Do you think there's more parts in a car than a seven? No. Like, do you no. think there's more parts in like a maybe? Well, I don't know what you're considering parts versus like components. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's true. So yeah. uh, maybe I like. There's no way it includes like all the sub assemblies of like screw like screw rivet or whatever maybe it's like more comprehensive than the, just that i don't know yeah yeah it definitely could be gotcha all right so this is a, this is actually a pretty big one and uh oh this is something Brittany brought up when i first talked to her and i hate that it's a lie now and now it, like kind of makes me a little bit more afraid but uh <laughs> number three <laughs> the third thing is more than 80% of the population is afraid of flying. What do you, do you think that's accurate? Uh, 80% of the population, man. Yeah. So like my grandma, she, uh, she's never been on a plane. She re- will refuse to go on any plane ever. And that's just not going to happen. I want to say that that is mostly true. And the only reason I know this or, or think that is because if I go to a, to a friend's house or if I go to a church or if I go to a party or wherever and then these people know that I'm a pilot, they always ask me about <laughs> turbulence and what happens <laughs> if the engine fails and what about this and what about that? And I'm sure, like, sure. you know, you got to explain yourself and you got to reassure them that it's not going to happen. So I believe I, I, I think mostly 80% is probably accurate. It might be a little high, but. Yeah. So what I was talking about earlier about uh, turbulence, uh, I don't know if Brittany told me directly, but she put it on her TikTok. And it was um, like, I always heard that planes are uh, not a single plane has ever gone down because of turbulence. And then, then I heard like her stat that she said on TikTok and I was like, are you kidding me? That I was living my life by that. I like, I flew all the way to Australia and like towards the end of the flight, turbulence got so bad where there was women like gasping because there was like like a like a fair amount of turbulence. Yeah. And so is that true? Like, have planes gone down because of turbulence or no? I, I there's always the exception, but in my personal experience. I do not know that that would be true. Um, I I always tell people this. It's like pilots are, are people just like passengers. Yeah. We do not like the turbulence as well. So we'll climb to a different altitude. We'll descend to a different altitude. We'll slow the airplane down. We'll go faster depending yeah. on you know where we're at. Sure. But um, we hate it just as much as the people in the back. <laughs> so... Uh, is, try to avoid it. is turbulence like worse at the back of the plane or the front of the plane? Oh yeah, it's it's just like sitting in the back of a roller coaster. You know, the back of the, of that roller coaster will jerk you around every single turn. Um, so the back of the plane, I mean, it's it is a lot lot more bumpy back there. People get rocked a little more. Okay, because I, I mean, I've never been first class or anything, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're missing out. <laughs> yeah, so I'm missing out. Man, I, well, I actually got bumped up to, like, business class one time when I was going to Alaska. and ended mm-hmm. up sent by these, like, two sweet, like, old ladies that were, like, ridiculously nice. Um, 
but that was like my only time in a class that was not economy. Uh, <laughs> but then the, 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 so, so let's see, 80% of the world is afraid of flying, but then only 5% of the world's population has ever been on an airplane. No way. 5%. Do you want me to read the whole dealio to you? Sure. All right. To the aviation sec- though the aviation sector is growing rapidly, according to the statistics, only 5% of the world's population has ever flown on an airplane. Many people, especially from underdeveloped regions, have never even been in an aircraft, and it is not likely that they will have an opportunity to fly in all of their lives. However, at the same time, a small minority of the world's population fly very regularly. And that hmm. comes to you from BAAtraining.com. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, where are airports located? You know, airports are located in metro metropolitan areas, major yeah. cities, major, um, even, even like hotspots for countries, you know. Um, so it makes sense. Yeah. I think in, in in the U.S. we have access to aviation pretty freely and frequently. Like, sure. like you said, I can go down the road and go to Sky King and just hop on a plane. Well, a lot of people but don't realize stuff. that's even an option. Like, I oh, only yeah. I only found out that it was an option that you can go do like a thirty minute flight around Terre Haute um, uh, because one of the girls I was dating at the time, uh, her dad was. Uh, he ended up getting his private pilot's license, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And um, he actually paid for, like, my first flight. And, like, we went over, like, all the little, like, trainings and, like, everything with the airplane, the, like, pre-flight inspection, and yeah. then showed me the controls and different stuff, and then, you know, let me fly it for a little bit while, you know, we were up in the air and all that good stuff. Um, and then I took that knowledge and I was like, you know, this would be a cool, like, little date thing to go do. And so that's what I did. I took people out, like, on a date, like, hey, let's go do this. And it would be fun because I would sit in the back of the airplane and then the girl would sit in the front. And then I would, like, ask the pilot beforehand, like, hey, are you going to, like, let him fly it for, like, like, yeah. like a few minutes or whatever? And, like, yeah, sure, whatever you want to do. Like, like this is a flight for you guys. It's, like, super cool. Mm-hmm. Um. And so it was always like a good little time, just 30 minutes, go up, do your thing, get out. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So most people think like uh, you can only go to like Indianapolis or like Atlanta or wherever else. Chicago. You can only, exactly, Chicago. Yeah. You can only fly out of those like big major cities. Like there's not really like, com- like I guess commercial flights it would be. Is that right? Like if. Like, mm-hmm. if you can take a... Because no one can really take a flight out of Terre Haute unless you have, like, your own plane or your... Like, because my mom, she actually flew into Terre Haute when she moved to Terre Haute. So she flew from, like, California to Chicago then took a plane from Chicago to Terre Haute, but that's not even an th- option anymore. Yeah, that's... Uh, long, long ago, it would have been an option, but they don't, they don't do that anymore. The only op- times that you get a flying to smaller non-metro airports like Terre Haute would be if you chartered an airplane. Yeah. So 
sometimes basketball teams will fly into Terre Haute on a chartered aircraft to, to fuel you know, up. Face. Either they'll fuel up. A lot of times military guys fly into Terre Haute because they had the guard base out there. Yeah. And so they have like a, a fuel contract with the airport. And so okay. they get fuel a little cheaper, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah it, it's not really known by the general public that, hey, if I want to go fly, I could. Yeah. I think people just get nervous about it. And maybe 80% of those people are nervous to go fly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, what I didn't realize that if you just want to do like a sightseeing thing, it was only like $100 for 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, and if you do two people, it's $50 per person. And to me, like being able to see like maybe the city that you live in or like the area that you live in a little better than you would have normally, then, you know, mm-hmm. like $50 is like completely worth it. Like, yeah, I that's mean, not bad at why all. You wouldn't. So yeah, that was, Oh, the last time I was out there at Terre Haute regional, I actually, uh, I saw a uh, a prisoner plane. I oh yeah, Con Air. <laughs> have, have you <laughs> have you ever have you ever watched that movie? I have not. I've not. But we we just call it that because you know <laughs> because of the movie. Oh my gosh! I I thought of all the Nicolas Cage it's things Nicolas right Cage, at that right? movie. Oh yeah, Nicolas yeah, Cage. Yeah. Maybe I have seen it. It's just been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> you know that song? Yes. By I Stained. Song. Everyone <laughs> thinks it's Nickelback. It makes me so sad. Kind of makes me mad. It's not Nickelback. It's Stained. They don't make all bad music. And I, like me personally, I I like Nickelback. And a lot of people are like, what? Really? Yeah. Nickelback gets a lot of lot of hate, but <laughs> they've, got, they've got some good songs. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh but apparently the that uh the con air flight or whatever it comes out there pretty regularly for like the the federal prison out there like have you yeah. had, have you had any run run-ins with that also for um, like basketball teams are you talking about like like professional basketball teams flying to Terre Haute? oh no it'd be it'd be collegiate basketball teams oh so like okay if, if we're playing like um Drake or something you know I don't really? know someone in our conference that's like states away they're not going to take a bus that's in a 14-hour drive because they got to get back for classes so yeah uh, i'd imagine like uh, well north dakota state is not in our basketball conference i think iowa what is that university of iowa is in no Mm. i that's not iowa state i think it's university no university of northern iowa that's what it is and i I think that might be our furthest opponent yeah, that might be right. So, but those guys maybe they'll fly in. Um, but as it, as it goes for for Con Air, when um, when those planes come in, it's an unmarked airplane, completely white. Um, they'll just park on the ramp, and then you'll have police, unmarked security guys. They will <laughs> patrol the airplane. They're yeah. carrying weapons. And, uh, I mean, it's a, it's an ordeal. And then they'll, this whole convoy of buses and police cars, they all come out onto the ramp. Yeah. They line up in front of the airplane and then the, the, they'll pull up the air stairs for the, for the passengers to get off and they'll just walk out single file or sometimes there's only one. Just one, one person on the whole flight. Well, 
I feel like that's they're, a really expensive flight. They're high profile. Oh. Yeah, so um, if you remember uh, the Boston Bomber. Yep, he's in so Terre Haute, he, didn't he? Yeah, so he was, uh, they, they did a, They actually did a test flight. So they brought in an empty airplane and, and leaked out that, that the Boston Bomber was going to be on the plane. And so they just tested to see what the public would do and how they would react. And so they flew in a single plane wow. with no one on it. And then just to see what, what would happen. And then they brought the actual plane in a couple, couple weeks later. Really? Yeah. I'd... But most of the time they, they, they shut down the ramp. Uh, nobody really gets to move. And if you get too close, I mean, they're looking at you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I didn't even, I never even heard about them doing that at all. Like I, I that's crazy. Have do well when you were doing training because you you don't really fly out of Terre Haute really. You, Not do anymore. You, now I haven't been out there in probably three years. I'm guessing. Yeah, last time I took a flight out there, my the guy that was flying me, I can't remember his name. Super cool dude. He is fairly fairly young, uh, but he was like my friend asked, "Do you get any like famous people that ever like come out here?" And then. I was like, there's no way. And then he was like, yeah, we've had, uh, like, a, some country star he stopped and, like, uh, Blake f- Shelton. F- yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Blake Shelton came out to the airport. Christy was actually working, uh, at the airport at that time. <laughs> and so yeah. this, this chartered plane flew in for fuel. It was just a quick turn, meaning they're just going to stop, get fuel, go to the bathroom, and leave. Yeah. And so, this guy, long black hair, just walks into the airport, <laughs> goes into the bathroom, yeah. and Christy goes, is that, is that Blake Shelton? And uh, she didn't get his autograph or anything, but she did give him a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> they had little candies at the desk, and she would you like a Tootsie Roll? <laughs> hey, is Christy still right next to you? Yeah, she is. Uh, give the microphone to her and let her... Uh, Tell her a little experience. Um, I'd be curious to see how she uh, reacts to it. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Christy Adams, (laughs) wife of Jordan. (laughs) Tell me about your Tootsie Roll time with uh, Blake Shelton. Uh, So he walked into the bathroom and I was like, is that Blake Shelton? I didn't didn't (laughs) ask the pilot that, but he handed me his credit card and I noticed the company on the credit card sounded really familiar. So I acted like I was, this is, <laughs> this is going to be really bad. I acted like I was running the credit card, but I decided to Google the company name and found <laughs> out that it, was, that it was actually Blake Shelton's company name. And I was like, no way, that really is Blake Shelton. Like, I'm not just making this up. <laughs> and so I, I asked the pilot if I could get a picture with him. And he said, I don't know. We'll see if he will let you. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, no big deal. And so then he came out of the bathroom. I said, hey, would you like a Tootsie Roll? And he just, like, laughed at me and said, no, thank you. And <laughs> I think Pilot had sent him a text message, like, hey, she knows who you are or something. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I could be making that up. But he, like, bolted back out to his airplane, and they immediately left as soon as I rang up their card. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think I remember a time, this is kind of pivoting, uh, you're obsessed with Trump's airplane? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so cool. That was, like, the award that I won for 
uh, student ministry was like most likely to hijack Trump's airplane. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've actually, so when Trump came to Terre Haute, I, I went to the rally just to go see what it was about. And I like barely got into there, but like I only got into like the waiting area. I didn't get into the auditorium um, at Indiana Theater. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then I ended up leaving early because I was like, this is stupid. I can't even see him. I can only hear him. And so it's like, what's the point of even really being here? So we left and I was like, I guarantee you he flew into Terre Haute Regional. Guarantee you. And so me and my friend, we got out and then we uh, drove down to Terre Haute Regional, and sure enough, uh, there was his plane, Trump, and it was, like, like obviously, like, massive, especially just for one person, and it was, like, fairly impressive, and I was like, well, that's pretty cool, and, like, I took a bunch of pictures and whatnot, and uh, he came through probably 10, 20 minutes after that, and then got on, waved, and then was out. So. Yeah, they wouldn't let any of the employees on the ramp. Uh, only our owner was on the ramp, and then they had all the, like, I guess CIA agent or special agents, whatever that were like, oh, completely yes. around the uh, airplane, blocking him in. And then they had all of his security guards blocking him, so we couldn't even see him. Like, I think I saw his hair. <laughs> but I wasn't. Even, <laughs> I wasn't even allowed to open the door. Like, as soon as I opened the door, they were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa shut the door!" And I was like. So sorry. Wow. So, yeah, it was so very crazy. And I was working at the time, so it was very secretive and there were a lot yeah. of people there that I had to try to keep out of the FBO and it was just crazy. But. Gotcha. Yeah, so I actually I ended up I ended up going to that Trump rally, didn't see him, then left, and then I went to what's his name? Um gosh, he's he ran in 2016 on the Republican ticket. He went to Woodrow Wilson for his little dealio. What's his name? He's a senator from Texas. Senator from Texas. Who is that? Ted Cruz. Ted, Ted Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, I went to the Ted Cruz one, and the Secret Service detail that he had was not even remotely similar to what Trump had. So Ted Cruz came like probably a few weeks or a month before Trump came. And mm -hmm. I went to that. There was like metal detectors, but like it was like so lax that like I actually, <laughs> I actually end up getting up on stage like on the risers <laughs> behind Ted Cruz <laughs> because I had some actually. Uh, do you know? I'm not gonna say their names, but I'll to I'll ask you later. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, actually, I know that I know that you know them. Um, but anyways. They're like, I was like, how'd you guys get on stage? We're like, the this, that, and the other. And I was like, and then I was like, oh, that's really cool. She's like, you want to come up on the stage with us? I was like, sure, yeah, why not? It'll be a good time. And so I ended up getting up on stage with Ted Cruz, his wife, and his kids. And I was actually in the Tribune Star newspaper. You can actually like see me on the front page, like standing behind Ted Cruz. It's, it's absolutely the best. Um, and then for the, the Trump one, it was like high security detail, multiple mm -hmm. like levels of security that you're going through. And like the line was much longer. The auditorium that he was in was much bigger. And it was right before like the Indiana primary, the one that like 
would decide who the or not the primary or yeah was the primary who it would decide like essentially it came down to like more or less if Trump or Cruz won Indiana then essentially they would get the nomination for the uh like Republican nominee or whatever and, and they came, they both came to Vigo County because Vigo County has chosen the winner for yeah. several years, right? It, I think like a hundred years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it it's, was something crazy. But yeah. I don't know if we did this year. I, I yeah. can't remember. Or not this year. The yeah, well, yeah. we we in Vigo County ended up uh, like voting for Trump. So the condi- the condition the tradition continued. I think actually on CBS or NBC they did like a small little thing about Tara, excuse me, Tara Hope. And they actually said that um, on like national TV. And so yeah. they were kind of like looking at Tara Hope as like, all right, whoever wins Tara Hope wins the nation. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Uh, that was, anyway, that was our off topic with, uh, with Christy. Uh, you can go ahead and get back to Jordan. <laughs> oh, goodness. Man, what that a was, good... That- that was fun. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. I like sometimes I swear I like I'm like the dumbest person, and I just try to get into anything I can try to get into possibly. And if yeah. I like if I can't, then I'll like try to figure out some other way or something. It's like people who know me like they're just like, why is he doing that? How did he even get up there? And I'm just like, I don't know how I got here. I don't know. I wish I did, but I don't. But I'm here, and this is so. It's so much fun. Uh, But yeah, yeah, I I love it. It's just it's it's so much fun. So one of the things I um, I asked you before the podcast, I guess, what is like? Have you ever had like a like an uh oh moment, or where like you were like really afraid that like you might have made an error that was like critical or. Is there like a crazy story that you could like share? Uh, so the the way flying goes, especially when you upgrade to captain of a, of an airplane, um, they always say that your first one hundred hours is where you learn the most, the good and the bad, what you did right, what you did wrong. Yeah. My very first day as captain, very first day. We are uh, flying from Newark, New Jersey to Raleigh-Durham. Okay, yeah. We land in Raleigh. Everybody deplanes. We're ready for our next flight. We all board, we board all up. We're flying from Raleigh to Houston. And so uh, there's a little bit of weather in between us. Um, I'm, I'm the pilot flying. My first officer, sure. my co-pilot, okay. is a brand new guy who's who has, he has, you know, the required FAA re- experience, but he has maybe a hundred hours in this type of airplane that we're flying. And so, wow, he's, he's brand new anyways. So I'm a new captain. He's a new first officer. We take off and, uh, I have the flight attendants call me. They're like, Hey, we have a passenger that might be getting sick. I'm like, all right, we'll just keep me posted. So we're, we continue our climb, we get up to altitude, and uh, we have an uh, intercom system that we can talk to the, the flight attendants with, and uh, 
they they hit our emergency button. Wow. And the emergency button usually is not a good thing. Sometimes it's an accident, like, oh, I didn't mean to push that button. But it always sends that that adrenaline rush and that that heart, that stomach sink, you know, that like, oh, what what is it now? Oh, my goodness. And so we get up to cruise, and they say, hey, we just had a passenger stand up to go to the bathroom. They passed out and hit their head on the seat. And oh, no. Oh, Literally, no. my first day as captain. Wow. Right. So they they give me all the information. Uh, me and the co-pilot discuss our 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 actions that we're going to take, and uh, we decide that we're going to call the uh, m- the medical doctors because we can get a phone call through our radio system and talk to doctors on the ground about what's going on. Yeah. Now, the options that we have here are. Do we return to Raleigh, where we just left, and let these paramedics take care of her there? Is it severe enough that we have to do that? But we can't because we're we're too heavy. We have a lot of fuel. Uh, we're fueled for like a two-hour flight, you know? Yeah. And so uh, all of this is happening, and it's just – it's so stressful. And it took about 30, 30 minutes to – to get everything ironed out uh, where the doctor decided that it was a form of, um, oh, like she just got a uh, vertigo is what it's called. So she uh, had a, yeah, yeah. some form of vertigo. She got dizzy and she just, she fell over, passed out. Yeah. Uh, so they said, just monitor her vitals, you know, give her some, some drink and some food and you should continue to Houston. It's like, okay. Um, and so during that whole process, like I'm thinking, did I make the right choice in continuing to Houston or should I have returned to Raleigh Wow. as a brand new captain? You know, it's always hard to make that choice, but in the end, we're about being safe. And so as long as her vitals were fine and she was conscious again, then we're okay. Um, 20 minutes into this whole incident, a uh, lady was like, I'm a nurse. And so <laughs> even though we asked for help in the beginning, we're like, is there any medical professionals on board? No one answered. Of course. And so we're, we're dealing with all this. And then finally she's like, I'm a nurse. I can help. And it's like, well, thank you for helping now. <laughs> <laughs> Just as everything's like calmed down. Yeah. Now, now everything's almost over, but you know, you can at least help us monitor her. So um, that was probably like my craziest, um, incident that I just remember in the back of my head. Sure. Yeah. I couldn't imagine your very first day. I imagine when you got to the ground, you were like, just, Oh, <sighs> yes. just a, and there's forms you got to fill out. Like I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, great. You know, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to do this. I have to submit this. I have to call this. And so there's just so much that you have to do. And as a new captain, it was pretty overwhelming. So, wow. but we got it done. Wow. That's, that's crazy. So like, uh, how long are you like, give me like a, a typical work day for you. So like, okay. I don't know what the longest flight is that you fly. Obviously you're going to say what what's like the longest flight that you fly. Like, are you doing like a lot of overnights or are you just flying to, 
places and coming back or just kind of give it a rundown of like, like when you leave the house and then when you get back home, like just a typical work day like that, yeah. I guess. So, um, at my company, our schedules can vary, um, anywhere from just a day trip, which would be, you know, an out and back, uh, yeah. to, to, to five days long. Sure. Um, so this next trip that I have that leaves tomorrow is a five day trip. So I will do uh, two legs tomorrow and me and my first officer will switch back and forth between legs. So I'll do the first one. He does the second one. Yeah. Um, and then we overnight. So sometimes you just do one leg a day. Most times you do a minimum of two legs a day. Other days you do four legs and those are your long days, you know? Um, the longest flight that we do, it's actually one of my favorite flights because for the legality reasons of, of pilots, if, if you ever get stuck on an airport tarmac and they're like, uh, the pilot's timed out. Oh, that's happened to me before. And I don't when, even want to get started about it. <laughs> it's, it's super unfortunate for everyone. Um, but like we just, we do our job and whenever we time out, like we can't, we can't do it. Is it do you time out at like 10 hours? Uh, we, no, it's actually 16 hours is the max. Wow. So, I, that, that seems like it's, that still seems like it's like way too much. Well, imagine like my day. So I started, let's say 7 a.m., a seven, seven o'clock showtime. That means we'll leave the airport at about eight o'clock in the morning. Wow. For me, it's an hour drive to the airport. So I yeah. have to leave yeah. by six, which means I get up at five. Yeah. So my day started at 5 a.m., but my timing of, uh, you know, the FAA, my duty, as they say, only starts from when I show up to the airport. Wow. So at, at 7 o'clock, but I've already been up for two hours. So I could, in, in theory, have an 18-hour day and just be completely wiped, you know. Wow. So that, there's reasons why they do the safety stuff. But um, our longest flight that we do, and it's probably one of my – favorite flights is from Miami to Minneapolis. Why that flight? Well, a couple of reasons. So it's, it's a four hour flight. Um, yeah. Usually we're full. Usually, um, usually there are meals on really? those flights. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's a plus. <laughs> um, but I like doing that flight purely because you have the contrast Last winter I did it and I was in Miami. It was 85 degrees and I went to Minneapolis and it was negative 18. So tell me how, how am I supposed to pack a trip for 85 degree swimwear weather to Eskimo, you know, negative 18. That's amazing. It's so, it's so drastic to change, but I, of course I also like going to the mall America. Uh, so that's, yeah, I, I've never been to it. I think I think at one point in time, or it may, it may still have, but I think uh has a roller coaster in there. Is that right? Oh, yeah. They have an entire theme park in the middle of the mall. Wow. Yeah. That like it, water water slides and yeah. roller coasters, all sorts of stuff. What an interesting thing to do. Like, you're literally going from warm 85 to cold negative temperatures. Like, it gets it gets cold in Minnesota. It gets real cold. 
Yeah. That is so but crazy. I, I really like that flight. You know, it's a uh, really we, we do two legs those days when you have real long flights like that. Yeah. Due to legality reasons, you can only fly so much. And so that one leg takes up over half of it. So you can't fly much more than maybe one other leg, you yeah. know? So. So one of the, the biggest questions I've always had for like a pilot is like, how, how are you maintaining like a good, like, like I know you don't have any kids, but you got two Huskies. And yeah, we got, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I imagine, like I imagine it gets very difficult, especially if you're like, if you're driving an, an hour to the airport and an hour back home and you're some days you're doing like a, a five day trip, like you're doing now, um, mm-hmm. I feel like, like, well, Brittany was telling me, she's like, for her, it was like really good because after like five days, she kind of gets like sick of her husband or whatever. <laughs> and then, and then she, she's like, okay, it's time to go. All right. Well, and then she like goes and does her thing and then, you know, comes back and then she'll have some time together and whatnot. But like, how, how does that work out for more? If that's too personal, just like we can go on to something else, but I'm just like oh. curious how that works. So I'm gone for five days and my goal is to get back home. Like you, you hear a lot of pilots say my goal is to get paid more and fly less. And it's super, <laughs> it's super accurate. Like, yeah, sure. um, I like, I want to, I would rather be home than yeah. out flying, yeah. even though I love flying and it's my job, but I enjoy being home, you know? So, yeah. uh, just having that five day schedule, Sometimes we wake up really early. Sometimes we wake up later in the day. Like we may start at 4 a.m. or we may start at 6 p.m. And it varies. And so when I get home, it's like that first day, don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I'm going to I'm just going to sit on the couch. I'm going to drink some coffee. Yeah. Maybe maybe play on my switch a little bit. And uh just chill you know because yeah, my brain is like is mush so okay so actually i've had this question for you for a long time so yeah. i was uh i i wonder if you remember because i'm very certain it was you so i went to toys r us and i was standing outside in line and i was standing outside for a nes classic i think did you uh-huh. go to Toys R Us like early in the morning, like in around winter time for a NES or SNES classic? Well, is that yes. true? <laughs> then it was you. It was yeah. you. I was like, oh, yeah. I think that's him, but I'm not going to say anything because I don't know him that well. So I was just like kind of leaving it alone. Yeah, that's my buddy cool. and I, we we, uh, we went and got him. We had, uh, he bought one, I got one. I was like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> so like uh, those things, I love those things because like you don't, like you don't need like the original like big one you yeah. don't have to have any games it's all preloaded and like mm-hmm. the with the SNES um Star Fox 2 came out on it and like yep. it never been released before so that was really cool to have um but yeah that's so funny that that it was you uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah that I didn't even know that's funny gotcha yeah. um the reason is uh, like Cause I was literally the, f- it was me and my girlfriend at the time, you know, we were the fr- very first two people in line. And I remember you came up and looked at the sign to see how, like the, what the quantity was that they had. You like came up, looked at it and you were like, hmm, yeah, 
Okay. And then you went and walked in in line. That sounds about right. Yeah. And then I was like, I was like, that was really funny. Um, I haven't played it though in 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 a minute. My uh, you mentioned we got two huskies and they can be kind of terrors sometimes. Um, but I can they, only imagine. One of them chewed up our our controllers for the SN, and I'm like. Do you well, know how hard it is to get a controller for that, like a replacement one? And so, like, you know, if I want to play, then I either gotta go to eBay and buy one or find a, <sighs> some other used one. But uh, I am out of a controller right now. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> it happens. Ah, it happens. That sucks. So, this is not aviation or technology, but this is like I like. I didn't know you when you were going through this. You might still be doing it, but like. You've lost so much weight. Yeah. Like, I, I am so happy for you, and that is so insane. How much weight did you lose? Uh, so we can make this aviation-related because it's it, it plays a factor for sure. Really? Um, but I've lost 50 pounds wow. uh, so far. Um, and my goal for the last year was to maintain that because it's always been an issue of yeah. It, losing the weight wasn't the issue it was maintaining sure. so i would you know, you know i would lose it gain it back lose it gain it back yeah but uh so being being in aviation our our job is super sedentary think about it uh, we yeah. we get up to the cockpit we do our pre-flight checks yeah and then we fly for four hours sitting wow yeah and then we get to the airport we do the pre-flight checks and we yeah. fly four hours back. So we're sitting for eight hours a day in, in, in the airplane doing nothing, you know, uh, not physical at least we're not exercising. And then we get to the hotel. It's 10 o'clock at night. Now we're tired. We go to bed, we wake up. Wow. And you know, we grab whatever food we can because honestly right now food's kind of hard to come by to, past 10 o'clock. So yeah, you may have to order Uber Eats and get McDonald's or Taco Bell or whatever delivered so to the airport. Yeah, uh, or to our hotel whenever we get oh, you know, okay, gotcha. Get out there, so um, it it becomes this like just a habit of of convenience to go. I'll just I'll just run inside real yeah. quick and I'll grab a bag of chips, or I'll yeah. just run inside and I'll grab some Chick Fil A, and so. You just eat all this junk food all day, and you gain all this weight because you're not doing anything. Wow. And I, you know, I decided to start exercising and uh, lost 50 pounds in the process. So Wow. I, that is, yeah. I'd imagine, because, like, I mean, I'm not I'm not a skinny little dude myself. I mean, because I imagine, like, I don't know, Brittany, though, I don't know how Brittany eats, but she is so tiny. Like, how, how does she do it? And like how did, like how does she do the same job as you eat the same food as you basically and not gain? I have no idea. It's kind of it makes me makes me angry. You know, it's like how how come exactly how come she can yeah. do that? But here I am. <laughs> yeah, like suffering. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's see, the guy who I was talking about that um, got his uh, private pilot's license. Um, mm-hmm. If he wanted to get back into it, he would have to go to a doctor and get like a pr- like all these different tests just to get like even just to like recertify for his uh, uh, yeah pilot's license. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to go back and get that 
Um, in, the, in the airline world, you have to do it every year or every six months, depending on your age. Yeah. Um, and then if you're general aviation, you have to do it. I, I think it's every five years. Is there that that sounds about right. So, uh, but they do, they check, they check everything. They check your flexibility, they check your, your dexterity, your hearing, your eyesight. Wow. They do a urine test. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Make sure you're do, not on drugs. Uh, uh, the colorblind test is not the hardest, but they trick you. Some of the things you just got to trace it with your finger, you know? And so gotcha. uh, point A to point B, follow the line. You're like, there's nothing there. And they're like, oh good. That was a trick. <laughs> <laughs> like um thanks i guess anyways funny. yeah they test a they test a bunch of stuff and we have to pay for it because wow. it's a medical exam so you know whatever some some places it costs 100 bucks some places it costs 300 bucks wow and if you got to do that every year you know kind of gets yeah. pricey yeah i mean it definitely adds up for sure well jordan that was all the questions i had for you and we're right about an hour. We're like three minutes from an hour. So I've actually had <laughs> some problems with the video. Like kind of messed up a little bit in the beginning. Uh, yeah. But I'm still going to publish the video because I'm still like super proud that I got this to work. Basically like the <laughs> way I wanted it to. And I think it's going to come out pretty well. Um, congratulations on losing all that weight and maintaining that and, you know, keeping it off. That is like... That's uh, that's a big deal. Like fifty pounds is nothing to oh, it's shake massive, a stick yeah. at. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Do you have anything you you want to say or any final remarks? Uh, you know, right now the aviation industry is kind of struggling, and I know that people are scared to travel. Yeah. Uh, but we're we're taking extra precautions. We're cleaning in between flights. Everybody has to wear a mask in between uh, while flying. Uh, we hand out hand sanitizer and sanitizing wipes, and um, we're all doing our part to make sure that traveling is safe. And so go fly, go travel, <laughs> go do your stuff, because we want you to fly with us. <laughs> you know, Jordan, I couldn't have put it better myself. Very eloquent, and uh, if that doesn't get people to go fly, I don't know what does. <laughs> Jordan Adams. Well, let's hope so. There it was. Thank you, thank you. <laughs>